This podcast is a conversation between all six 2016 Philip K. Dick Award nominees. The 2016 Award nominees have created a giveaway contest. Google PKD 2016 nominees or Philip K. Dick 2016 nominees giveaway to find out how to enter to win all six titles. Whoa, who's huh? calling? I think that... Wait a minute. I hear people. Hello? This is a science fiction moment. Today we turn to some news I've been excitedly waiting for. The nominations for the Philip K. Dick Award. The Philip K. Dick Award has been given annually since 1983. The award is presented at NorwestCon, a literary, meaning books as opposed to films and television, science fiction convention in the Pacific Northwest, and is sponsored by the Philadelphia Science Fiction Society. Named after the author of The Man in the High Castle and Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, the award aims to identify the best original science fiction paperback published each year. In the middle of the last century, around the time Philip K. Dick got his start, paperback books were synonymous with hack work. I started out as a pulp writer doing stories for pulp magazines, and I never imagined myself to have any importance. So I was not dismayed by this attitude. I just took it for granted. I had been a clerk in a store, and I was used to having people yell at me and tell me what to do. In the 50s, if your book came out as a paperback original, it was something like having your movie come out as a straight-to-video release. The only difference being that while nobody watched straight-to-video titles, people did read these pulpy paperbacks. When the Philip K. Dick Award started in 1983, this idea that an original paperback contained hack work, or to put it romantically, that the paperback writer was a working-class, unschooled outsider to literature, was already undermined. The trade paperback a larger book, more expensive, had been on the scene for a long while. And in 1984, some of the Brat Pack writers, young literary darlings of the New York establishment, would debut in paperback. Still, the image of the paperback author, the pulp image, would remain, and many of the most interesting and prominent science fiction writers of the last 33 years would either be nominated or receive the Philip K. Dick Award. William Gibson, Lucius Shepard, Pat Cadigan, Barry N. Malsberg, Kathy Koja, Jack Womack, Nalo Hopkinson, Carol M. Schweller, Rudy Rucker, Eileen Gunn, and Ray Vucevic, to name a few. What you're about to hear is this year's nominees for the Philip K. Dick Award talking to each other in a fragmented Skype conversation. This is a conversation between Brenda Cooper, Douglas Lane, PJ Manny, Ramez Nam, Adam Rakunis, and Marguerite Reed. So why don't we just get, get going in, and um, I'm going to start with Ramez Nam. Who are you? What have you done? My name is Ramez Nam. I go by Mez. My social security number is B. <laughs> <laughs> um, my book that's up for an award is called Apex. It's the third and final book of a trilogy of books that start with Nexus. Uh, Nexus is about the name of a technology that you can swallow as a drug that 
gets in your brain and gives people the ability to connect to one another and hack our brains. It's a, sort of a sci-fi thriller, a little William Gibson-esque. And Apex, the final book, is about the massive change that that causes to society. PJ Manny. Hi there. I'm PJ Manny, and uh, my book that's up is Revolution, which is the first book in a trilogy called Phoenix Horizon. And it's a political techno thriller about a bioengineer who comes up with brain-computer interfaces that are stolen from him, horrible conspiracies happen, awful things occur, and he has to save everyone and augment himself in the process. Marguerite Reed. Yes. My book is entitled Archangel. It also is the first of a trilogy called The Chronicles of Ubastus. Basically, the elevator pitch, I suppose you could say, is single mom has to save her world with a toddler on one hip and a rifle on the other. Brenda Cooper. Uh, My book is Edge of Dark, which is the first book in a duology, and I am exploring both what happens when you can um, basically upload human consciousness and what does that mean for the definition of life? And how might uploaded and non-uploaded humans get along, and will they be able to get along well at all? Adam Rakunis. Hi, I'm Adam Rakunis. Uh, my book, Windswept, is about a labor organizer named Padma Mehta, who lives in the semi-farish future, and she's on the edge of burnout, but she has to recruit 500 people into the union she works for in order to get the sweet early payout and the bonus and the pension that she really, really needs to get by. And she, when the book opens, she's 30 people short. And so then when a con man comes to her with a deal that she can't refuse, she doesn't refuse it. And then complications ensue. It is the first of two. And the sequel, Like a Boss, is coming out in <laughs> June of this year. And I am scribbling away on revisions right now. Okay, and, I, and I'll, I'll mention myself. Um, I'm Douglas Lane, and my book is called After the Saucers Landed. Uh, I can only write a, a book at a time. I can barely do that, so it's not a duology or tri- trilogy or, or, or anything like that. It's just one book. And um, it's about what happens to a ufologist after the saucers land and uh, how depressing it is um, when his dream comes true. Um, and it's also about body swapping and philosophy and reality falling apart. My ki- my kids say, so your books generally go like this. Uh, there's a guy, something weird happens, and then reality falls apart. And it's, yeah, that's that's what I read. So. <laughs> so I'm jealous of everyone else uh, who got nominated because I only had a one book at a time deal. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure there'll be a second one coming after this. Well. We'll see. I'm I'm waiting to hear from my editor at uh, Nightshade. Um, okay. Your website, you have more than one book out. Oh yeah, I had a book before this. It was um, Billy Moon was my first book, which was in hardcover first and with Tor, and it and now I'm with Nightshade. So do some math. But um, I was with Tor too, and now I'm with Pyre. Same math. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. By the way, just as a commentary, the math is not bad. I, I uh, am been much happier. Actually, Pyre has been a really good fit for me. So being being the biggest publisher is not always the best for those of us on the mid list, like Philip K. Dick was. Anyway, right. 
What about you, Marguerite? Who published your book? ARC Press, which is a division of Resurrection House, uh, sort of started to come out of the ashes of Nightshade, but went into its own thing. You know that Mark Teppo is head of that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. cool. Yes, he is. Oh, I'm really glad that you're with him because I really like Mark Teppo, and it's really good for one of his authors to be nominated. Oh, yeah. It's exciting. It's very exciting. You know, they're, they're new. Uh, so it's, they're a new press. I'm a new author. Yeah. That's, that's kind of going on this virgin voyage together. That's interesting. So, well, if you, you'll probably see Mark tell him, I'll probably see him at the, is he going to be at NorwestCon? I, I shouldn't see why he wouldn't be. Yeah, he better be. Either because I think either I owe him a drink or he owes me a drink. Somehow drinks are owed between him (laughs) him and me. So, so Adam, who's publishing your, your book? Angry Robot Books out of the UK. There's something about them being... I think small and nimble and fast. I, this is like this, you know, the, the, Windswept is my first book, so I have nothing to compare it to, but I've talked with other friends who are with, you know, like Da or Tor, and they're coming on like, well, I sent my book in two years ago, and I think I'm going to get some feedback pretty soon. And, and with Angry Robot, I was like, well, I sent it in, and then bam, there you go. Yeah, it I like that concept about being a medium sized fish in a lake. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like just being a fish of some kind or another. <laughs> we are all lucky. <laughs> yes. You know what's interesting is that we're all with small presses. There are no large presses represented here. Yeah. Is is Mez with a is that's a smaller press too? What was that press? Yeah, he's also with Angry Robot. How did you come to write genre work, Adam? You know, I was drawn to science fiction as a kid. I was really into Douglas Adams. And uh, and stuff like that, but I never, I never, you know, and I'd always been a scribbler. I never really put the two of them together. The idea, like, oh yeah, you know, I can go and make a living doing this until uh, till I read Stephen King's On Writing, <laughs> and that was the first time I'd gone and seen like the whole the whole path of like, well, this is you know, well, at least this is what a writing career can be like, and and I thought, well, I, that's cool, and I really like, you know, I, I wasn't really into literary. I didn't want to go and write literary stuff. I wanted to go and write science fiction and fantasy, and so that's what I started started doing and sending stuff out and getting rejection slips. And can I ask a question? Oh, uh, Marguerite, yes, you can yes. ask a question. Uh, what would you say when you say literary? Do you mean mainstream? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, all through high school, I'd read, uh, you know, like Kurt Vonnegut, Joseph Heller, and 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 writers like that. But I just, it's one thing to go and read books like that. I didn't want to go write something like that. I wanted mm-hmm. to go write. You know, future weirdness and spaceships, and and then with the rise of the internet, that just kind of opened things up for a whole level of strangeness to go and play around in. Sure, I ask because that's kind of a personal uh, sore spot with me: the fact that, uh, or the perception that literary and genre are mutually exclusive. I find some science fiction and fantasy to be extremely literary. The problem is, I'm pretty sure that you know the literary people would still look down at us and say, "Oh, you're those people." Oh, just wait. Just wait. <laughs> Brenda, how did you come to, to the genre? Are you already always writing in the actually, genre? I started writing poetry, and I'm actually writing poetry again right now. I'm in an MFA program, and I'm studying poetry, which I realize is kind of weird. Um, but I grew up reading this. This is what I cut my teeth on. I read Arthur C. Clarke. I read Larry Niven. I read um, Herbert. I read uh, Ursula Le Guin. 
you know, so when I was a teenager, this is, this is, this was my food. And so that I am writing it as an adult is just something I always knew I would do. It's not at all surprising to me. PJ, I want to give you the opportunity to uh, answer that same question. Have you always been in the genre? Uh, certainly, it's been my interest my whole life. I was raised by a hardcore speculative fiction geek. Uh, I gave birth to speculative fiction geeks. Um, I Even in the movie and television business, I developed science fiction and fantasy. I wrote science fiction and fantasy. Uh, it, I've just always been interested in that as... A storytelling medium. Marguerite Reed, what about you? I never touched science fiction until I was in my 30s, and then I fell head over heels in love. Previous to that, when I was a teenager, I thought I would write fantasy. Then I thought I would write historical fiction. And then something just happened, and I loved the marriage of science plus telling stories about it. What made you fall in love with science fiction? Um, I fell in love with science fiction because I love reading about science. I love, wow, learning about it and educating myself about it. And then I love applying that to stories about people. So the combination of the two I find utterly intoxicating. Adam, I'm going to – you can answer those The present is pretty weird and the future is only going to get weirder. And I think as long as science fiction is trying to go and address – that big question of where is humanity going? Among, you know, among many, the other many big questions that we can keep asking, uh, then I think it's going to be important and relevant. PJ? Who are we as humanity? Where are we going? Could we change who we are? And what would that mean to us in society? And I love the daringness to consider things that other people have never thought of. Brenda, I, I haven't forgotten you. I'm um, in technology and a working futurist. And I think one of the most important questions that we can have is how are all of these new really important and really kind of scary capabilities that we have going to work? You know, how are we going to survive our future and in fact thrive in it? And I think that um, you can talk about that objectively, and I do sometimes, and I write nonfiction about it as well. But story is the place you can explore it emotionally, and story is the place where you can connect to people. So I think um, that this is one of the most important discussions that we can have and one of the most important things that we can write. And I think that pretty much echoes what a few of the others of you have said. I noticed that this is the Philip K. Dick Award. Uh, Do any of you have a dick book or story that you you know what let me rephrase that question i think every one of us should answer that yeah would you please repeat it because i couldn't yeah uh, the the question was um (laughs) pj the question was does do any one of us have a dick uh book (laughs) (laughs) we're all five years old I would say, do androids dream of electric sheep? And that's the Blade Runner book. That is the Blade Runner yep. book. Uh, but it, it, but his take on it is far more nuanced than the movie. As much as I love the movie as well, the book has has a lot more interesting nuance and uh, ambiguity. It speaks to the themes that I'm fascinated by. What does it mean to be human? When, at what point is there a line in the sand which we can say? 
that person is human and that person isn't. Brenda, do you have a, a Philip K. Dick book that you would recommend or a story? I'm absolutely a huge fan of Brain, Blade Runner, which, and in fact, in some ways, my book is a little bit of a conversation with some of the same themes that are in Blade Runner. One of the core Blade Runner questions was, are the replicants alive? Do replicants have a soul? And in um, Edge of Dark, I explore that same question. If you no longer have a body, but yet you have a human consciousness, do you, in fact, still have a human soul? Marguerite Reed. I have only read one PKD novel, and that was many years ago. That was The Man in the High Castle. But that was his big award-winning, I think it won the Hugo. Uh, You would be safe, I will tell you as a dickhead, that uh, you would be safe (laughs) recommending (laughs) that book uh, to to people. It's one of his finest books, I think. And I'm going to answer this one, too, which is my... uh, my recommendation for people who haven't read Philip K. Dick is to start with something like Ubik because it's a, a perfect little Philip K. Dick novel that sums up a lot of things about him, but it's also kind of silly. He's not as into the whole God thing in that book as he is later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but from for my taste, the perfect Philip K. Dick novel is a book that's not as mentioned as often, I don't think, and this is the hipster move I'm making, Time Out of Joint. And in that one, he writes about a character who's um, solving crossword puzzles, uh, living with his sister and her husband, and just spending his days actually, you know, solving a, ma- a puzzle in the in the newspaper every day. And it turns out that, in fact, he's not living in the 50s, but living in the 90s, and those newspaper puzzles are actually ways to tra- track down Martian missiles and he's vitally important to national intelligence and and um, and it's it's just a, a great uh, paranoid novel and uh, so that's the mm-hmm. one I'd recommend oh, but I have to ask would you recommend Flow My Tears the policeman said yeah I would recommend that one I think I get them that one combined in my head with a scanner darkly uh, and I read them around the same time but if I remember correctly Flow My Tears, Policeman Said, was the the book that had, well, this is the one that later in life he talked about being from the Bible, part of the Bible he hadn't read until later and that he rewrote the Bible. So that's what I know most about it. Um, And it was mentioned in a a Richard Linklater movie called um, Waking Life. Um, I believe that's the one. So yes, everyone should read that one because it's mystically inspired and they'll know what life is all about. I'm going to tell you about a dream I once had. I know that's, you know, when someone says that, that's usually you're in for a very boring next few minutes. And you might be, but it sounds like, you know, what else are you going to do, right? Anyway, I read this essay by Philip K. Dick. What, you read it in your dream? No, no, I read it before the dream. It was the preamble to the dream. It was about that book, um, Flow My Tears, The Policeman Said. Do you know that one? Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he won an award for that one. Right, right. That's the one he wrote really fast. It just, like, flowed right out of him. He felt he was sort of channeling it or something. But anyway, about four years after it was published, he was at this party, and he met this woman who had the same name as the woman character in the book. And she had a boyfriend with the same name as the boyfriend character in the book. And she was having an affair with this guy, you know, the chief of police. And he had the same name as the chief of police in his book. So she's telling him every, you know, all this stuff from her life, and everything she's saying is right out of his book. So this whole episode is 
It's kind of creepy, right? And he's telling his priest about it, you know, describing how he wrote this book, and then four years later, all these things happened to him. And as he's telling it to him, the priest says, that's the book of Acts. You're describing the book of Acts. And he's like, I've never read the book of Acts. So he, you know, goes home and reads the book of Acts, and it's like, you know, uncanny. You know, even the characters' names are the same as in the Bible. Does anyone, PJ, does anyone have any uh, personal stories or dark secrets that they want to reveal about other, any of the other writers in the, who have been nominated? It might help if, uh, at this point, if you revealed some dark s- secrets, it might get them <laughs> thrown out and get rid of the competition. How many of us have met each other or know each other? Before, I think I've only met Marguerite before. Right, and I stole your hat, and I have a great picture of me wearing your hat. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Brenda, what were you going to say? Just that even though I only knew two of the rest of you before, it's been really fun to get to meet other people through doing this, and I love it that we're able to show that we can cooperate and support each other and enjoy being all being nominees together, which I just think is fabulous. It started out very good. I started as a really good writer under Tony Boxer's direction. And in 53, 1953, I sold 27 stories that year. And 26 of the 27 were rotten, worthless pieces of fiction. And my agent had to tell me, you know, his best friends won't tell him. My agent said, Phil, write fewer, better stories. <laughs> but he was the best. Thanks for listening to all six of us, 2016 Philip K. Dick Award nominees. And remember, you could win all six copies, all six books. Just go to pkdnominees.xyz and uh, sign up to win all six Philip K. Dick Award nominee books.